Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 440, August 19th, 2020. The high on this day was reached in 1976 when it uh, hit 97, and it was as chilly as 39 degrees in 1967. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to get this accomplished right now while it's still up on my computer screen. Uh... It occurred to me last night, uh, who's running against John Thompson in Legislative District 67A? I was prompted to find that out, and I did. Uh, John Thompson, of course, is the reprehensible character who, uh, by, by estimation, violated some crime uh, at, uh, at the home of Liz Collin and Bob Kroll last weekend in Hugo when he threatened to burn Hugo down. Uh, the Republican opponent... There's a guy named John Strominger, and I was going to obviously go to his site and invite him on the air, because if there was ever a time when a Republican from, from so close to the country's tallest buildings might have a chance, it might be now by pointing out the, uh, how unstable his Democratic opponent is. So I, uh, I, I searched and searched and searched, and you come up with this. John Strominger, Republican Party, is running for election in the Minnesota House of Representatives to represent District 67A. Strominger is on the uh, ballot in the general election on November 3rd. Strominger advanced from the Republican primary on August 11th. And uh, you go down here, he, he won 400 votes. Uh, he appears to be terribly uninterested. There is no photograph. There's no website, there's no email, and there's no telephone. Huh. So he can't be reached. He uh, uh, appears disinterested. That's not the information I have. Weird. What do you uh, got? Because I was watching a Hauser piece this morning on, uh, on The Five, and he interviewed a black fellow named Alexander Deputy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is this a Senate seat, and is it District 67? It's it's a house seat, sixty seven A. Oh, okay. So uh, Alexander is the Senate seat. All right, right. So okay. uh, uh, the candidate's campaign finance information for twenty twenty was unavailable as of July twenty ninth. Uh, there's he has failed to complete his ballotpedia survey, which all candidates do. Uh, it says John Strominger has not yet completed ballotpedia's uh, ballotpedia's. 2020 candidate survey. Uh, there's there's nothing to know about him. Nothing. So here here's a chance going to waste. So then I tried to reach Jennifer Carnahan, the the state Republican chair woman, and I left a call for her. And then I thought, well, I can do better than that. So I left a text message for Tom Hauser to try to get her cell phone number, and I haven't heard back from her because what I would like to know is. Well, do you know anything about this guy? Is he received? Because you go to Thompson's site, and it looks like a typical politician. He's got the website and the happy picture and the whole deal. Well, you know damn well that's being done by the uh, DFL machinery is behind this guy, and they're yet to back off him. Uh, Blois, uh, is it Blois Olson? Yes, yes. Had a nice piece pointing out that the likes of Walls and, and the rest of them, Ken Martin, while they, while they give you some lip service, they've not condemned this guy or, or, uh, or insisted that he remove himself from the race, which should be done. Yeah. He's a criminal thug. Right. And, and that's, that's not happening. I think what Blois was up to was just the uh, diminution of leadership on both sides uh, uh, on many matters, and it's basically what we've been talking about, the decline of moral and ethical integrity. Uh, and you're reminding me, for those of you that haven't uh, read the piece, I'll post it to both the GL Facebook page and garagelogic.com. Yeah, it's mirroring a lot of what we've been talking about. Yeah. That these people have no spine, uh, we have no leadership, uh, Small Fry's not a leader. Carter's not a leader. Walls is not a leader. 
uh, and and then uh, uh, quickly jump to the DNC convention, where what's tonight will be night three, yep. and uh, they're not addressing what's happening in the country. They're not addressing the fall of Portland, the fall of Chicago and New York. Uh, they're 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 just they're just riding on top of it, which shows that they live. Uh, in that rail of political life that has nothing to do with the way Americans are leading their lives. They're immune to it. They ignore it. Uh, And as long as you brought up walls, we had uh, this sent into us by a number of emailers and tweeters. Uh, When Trump was in town on Monday down in Mankato, uh, apparently the Star Tribune ran, or I can't remember if it's the Star Tribune or Pioneer Press, ran a piece that said walls informed the White House and begged President Trump not to come downtown, and that apparently was rebuffed by the White House. That Walls never, never in fact did that. I don't know what that means or what what that's worth, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. I I think that Trump's arrival there would have been disingenuous, if not dangerous. Uh, I think that maybe Walls. Well, we talked about this the other day. Walls was either keeping that for his own optics. Uh, and didn't want Trump horning in on it, mm-hmm. or or Walls was sincerely attempting to keep Trump from getting in trouble. Uh, although you can imagine the security forces that would have been around uh, Trump. But let's uh, let's re- let's review. Uh, you have a uh, a DFL endorsed candidate in Legislative District 67A named John Thompson. 67A is Lake Phelan, much of the East Side. Uh, used to be a strong blue collar, labor oriented. Uh, civil-minded, hard-working people, and uh, this maniac comes along and gets the demonstration, and then uh, gets the nomination, and then reveals who he truly is in audio that was captured on news channels when he showed up with Black Lives Matter at uh, Kroll's and Collins' house in Hugo and uh, behaved like a, a temper tantrum child. And he has, a, he has an opponent named John Strominger, about whom we know nothing, and about, uh, apparently, who has zero interest in, in fleshing out a campaign and uh, taking this Thompson on, which is just a shame, uh, because now, uh, if there was ever a chance, this might be the one, this might be the chance, and uh, that apparently will not happen. And that's why I wanted to reach Jennifer Carnahan uh, to help us understand uh, where, where is, are you helping this guy? Who is he? Uh, are you aware of his apparent disinterest? And uh, perhaps you'll return the call. Uh, I have good news on a guy who returned the call. Oh. Sourdough Slim next week. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yep. Sourdough Slim next week. Uh <clears throat> Such, did you happen to see the Star Tribune uh, editorial that was released Monday afternoon at 6 p.m.? Calling uh, the headline was John Thompson's "Amped Up Acting Out" in no. Hugo, where they acknowledged what he did, but basically forgave him. Right, right. Yeah. It's just a shame. That's that's what we face. Uh, being in the mystery means never having to take consequences or suffer responsibility. No, why should I, Joe? Yeah. Well, at least not on the left. Anyway. I'm oppressed, right. Joe. I'm that's oppressed. what I mean. That's what I mean. The mystery, the mystery absolves you from consequence, truth, and responsibility. That's mm-hmm. what the mystery does. And uh, again, it's just a shame that uh, we discover that yes, in fact, there apparently is a Republican candidate on the ballot named John Strominger. He uh, has given every indication that he's a uh, an empty suit. He doesn't apparently want any part of this. I, so I don't know how he got on the ballot. I don't know why he ran. I don't know how to reach him. Uh, and that's the sad state of affairs in District 67A, which virtually guarantees the election of this maniac. Oh, yeah, he's going to get, it's going to, yeah, not even be close. Yeah. Of course. He got 1,500 votes in the primary. Strominger got 400. Uh, I doubt if Strominger was running against anybody. I'm sorry, he got 407 votes. So less than 2,000 people voted in the primary in that district? Thompson got 1,538 votes, and Hoang Murphy got 1,036 votes. Uh, But Hoang Murphy was the DFL candidate running against Thompson. So Thompson triumphs over Hoang Murphy, and the Republican candidate, John Strominger, uh, unopposed in the primary, uh, received 407 votes. There were no incumbents in this race. Got it. 
Well, so, kind of where we're at in these two towns, mm-hmm. you know, the Republicans realize they don't have a choice or a chance, excuse me, and therefore they don't don't even really try that hard. But the irony is, the irony is, this time they would have had a chance because this Thompson character opened the door. Yeah, he, sure he opened the door to a sharp opponent seizing upon his behavior. And uh, suggesting to the greater east side, how can he possibly represent you? He only wishes to to go to uh, the house to uh, assuage his personal grievances. He has nothing to do with you people. Nothing. And that opportunity now is being wasted. It's being missed. And I I wanted to know why, and I can't reach Carnahan, which is my fault. I'm sorry, I can't reach her. She's not responding to me. 75 days, 12 hours. 20 minutes and 20 seconds. To what? To November 3rd. Yeah. It's going to be a long 75 days, 12 hours and 20 minutes. Boy, is it. Let me get something else out of the way here. Uh, You bear with me while I find this. Okay, I'll take that one. And I'll take uh, that one. And I'll take... I won't take that one. I won't take that one. Uh, I got enough. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I thought the GLers were uh, terribly uh, civil uh, in my uh, take on what's happening with the post office. Uh, I didn't get the usual. For the most part. For the most part. I, I appreciate that. But uh, uh, Jim writes, maybe you guys are aware of this, but it is worth noting. What we have done for decades is absentee voting for military, vacationers, etc. That requires traditional strict identification of the voters. You are mixing this up. Mail-in ballots is a new concoction by the hard left to create voter fraud. Why do you think Nancy Pelosi is calling a special session of Congress for this when she would not for the $6 trillion COVID bailout? And I got another note that says, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Uh, I'll keep it short. Do your homework before you speak. Your conversation about the post office is a bit off the mark. The changes you are lamenting have been in the works long before the current postmaster general was appointed. I, I looked that up and I verified that. That's true. However, the fact that you failed to mention is the post office is fully funded well past the election. I believe the current funding will fund them until next August. Trump is not underfunding the post office. They have all of our money they need. The budgets and funding are set well in advance. Keep pushing back Doug and Fort Smith, Arkansas. <clears throat> so, yes, uh, I, I tr- the one real question, I can understand, uh, and these were taking place prior to Trump admitting that he didn't want people to vote by mail. What was taking place was the removal of mailboxes because they're underused in certain areas of the country and the removal of uh, barcoding mail uh, sorting machines because they were not needed. And that's the only answer I could come up because the most interesting question I came up with during this post office kerfuffle is, why would you remove the mail sorting machines? And the only answer I could find is because they were underused. That's the only reason I could find. Okay. Uh, overtime cut back to try to save money. Uh, 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 carriers uh, ordered to leave on time, uh, which apparently has resulted in mail getting left behind, thus the slow deliveries. In any event, DeJoy, the new postmaster, Louis DeJoy, has stopped all of this and said, okay, we, we won't do any of this. We'll take another look at this after the election uh, because he didn't want in any way to suggest that this was being done to disenfranchise people. Uh, I'll take him at his word on that. All right, is that fair? Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to take him at his word. I had to verify something because I was looking it up. You mentioned Fort Smith, Arkansas, where the emailers from, and I remembered a, tor- a massive tornado that they had back in April of 1996, and I wanted to make sure it was the same town. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I remember that. It was my senior year of high school, and I just remember watching that news coverage while I was sitting in the lunchroom. Fun That's fact. very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Fair, that was a good hell of a stuff story. <laughs> well, how often is Fort Smith, Arkansas going to get mentioned on the show? Glad you got a chance to get that out. <laughs> if ballots are being mailed out willy-nilly and uh, no verification is required, well, then I'm disenfranchised. Why? Because I pay attention, I care, I go vote. 
and I'm registered and I have to show them my signature and my whatever, uh, I'm being disenfranchised if you're going to start mailing ballots to apartment buildings and, and then circulating them. And I, there's just all kinds of, uh, again, we have fixed something uh, that was never broken. Well, there's but, a great meme out there that's basically saying if you can get up and go out and protest, you can get up and go out and vote. And I think that that's perfectly apropos. Would that be apropos of this they're conversation? Not protesters. They're not protesters. But you know what Riders. I'm saying. They're right. Uh, Joe, uh, so we should consider you triggered? Have you By been what? triggered? No, I'm not so, triggered. Well, no, GLers point out my follies, and I uh, I try to I try to balance them and and uh, 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 bring that to the table that the uh, mayor is as uh, brilliant as he is uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. is not is not infallible. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not infallible. Now I have to have a tirade about something. Oh boy. Okay. <sighs> Two things. Not the Twins game last night because he, he didn't get pulled in the ninth. If Rocco had not let... <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're right, Chris. Oh, what for me? <laughs> I had to if, mute that conversation last night. You two were driving me crazy. If Rocco had not come out for the ninth... No, Medea. Ma- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If yeah. Rocco had not allowed Medea to come out for the ninth, I, I would have officially been done with baseball. I couldn't take it. And you know what? I don't... I don't doubt you. I bet you would have because you were already against the seven inning, text. the seven inning doubleheader, and you were already against the guy on second base in the extra innings, which I both agree with. But we had an incident in baseball the other night that's worse. Here's the here's the here's the problem. As I watched the, remember what we said yesterday, the the problems facing our society are everywhere. They've crept into. Every institution, yes, including baseball. Yep. Oh, so the the mere fact that I had to be concerned that Rocco might not have sent Madea out is bothersome to me. Yep. <laughs> it should have been odd, and I don't want to hear about pitch counts. That that kid can throw his ball moves more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And you had to give him that chance, and yes, Rocco did. Uh, only to quickly give him the hook when he lost the no-hitter. Right. Okay, okay. But the fact that I had to wonder tells you what's becoming of baseball. But there's something <laughs> worse in baseball. Mm-hmm. Something worse. Uh, help me with his name. Uh, the Padre, uh, Chris, is it Tantis? My, my favorite new young baseball player, Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm even wearing my Padres hat today. Fernando Tatis Jr. is up at bat with a 3-0 count. The base is loaded, yep. and the Padres are up 7-3 over Texas. Tatis, 10-3, they were up 7 I'm sorry, 10-3. Tatis reaches out on on the fourth fourth pitch and hits a grand slam. Oh. And was forced to apologize. Yep. Wait, what? What? He apologized, Ken. His manager frowned on this and said, "Uh, that's an unwritten rule in baseball. Uh, Dave Matuzzi has a great piece on that in the Pioneer Press today. Let's get rid of the unwritten rules. In other words... Uh, you know, you're not supposed to slowly trot around the diamond when you hit a home run. You're not supposed to flip your bat. Okay, I'll buy those. But you're telling me you're going to go after this? How about you pitch better than to load the bases, you stiff? I, You know so, what, though? The uh, next day... I, I, explain to a dum-dum. What? Uh, on, a Why is count, on a 3-0 count, you're, if, if you're up a certain number of runs, some people think that you're expected to take a pitch for a strike. I completely agree with Joe. I think it's folly. No. This I'm up why, there to uh, hit. Hockey is my number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I was shocked oh at the number of old school players that came out and opposed this. I, I thought everyone was going to fall in line with so th- what the Texas manager said. I, I saw a whole bunch of tweets last night about an unwritten rule. Yes, book. yes, that's yes. what you're talking about. Yes. God, it went. It all went right over my head. <laughs> and this kid's so <laughs> young and wet behind the ears that he he might have been unaware of the unwritten rule. What does he care? He's trying to make a living in the big leagues. I'm going to show you what I can do. Right. I'm going to reach out there and send this baby over the fence. Right. I, Good I for agree. you. I agree. I can't take this. And then I he hit another home it. run last night, by the way. He almost yeah. ran around the base like, whoop, should I have done that? <laughs> yeah. I, I wow. just, uh, I just uh, again, it's amazing to watch uh, a decline of 
integrity, if that's the word, Mm -hmm. infecting every institution in the country. From from baseball to the failed academy to journalism to corporate America, it's just incredible. To to the failure of leadership here in Minnesota to denounce John Thompson, uh, it's uh, just amazing. I need to share an email with you because Doug the barber sent this in a couple uh, of days ago, and I was so I was waiting questions. for the right opportunity to share this, but it, it pertains to the grand old game, and I know you're going to enjoy this email. Hey guys, last Thursday, my wife and I, along with our friends Audrey and Chopper, went to Greenwald for dinner and drinks at Woody's. Chopper! Woody and his wife Pat are friends of ours that go way back to our years in the Army Reserve. There were lots of folks eating and enjoying themselves, so it took a while before Woody got around to our table to ask how things were. It was good, of course, and then he informed us that there is no baseball on any of his six TVs inside the the restaurant. (laughs) Wouldn't be for the foreseeable future, no basketball or soccer either. So far, he's had zero complaints. This is in the heart of Stearns County, where every small town has a town ball team, and these folks really love their baseball, but no longer on MLB. I wonder if MLB really knows what they are doing to themselves. I've followed the Twins since they came to Minnesota in 61, but have not watched a single pitch this year. Too bad because it's a great game, and they've seen fit to. Or they they've now seen to fit to bring in politics. Uh, anyway, uh, love the show, Doug the Barber. Okay, I, I'm concluding that what he's uh, reacting to there is Major League Baseball's affiliation with Black Lives Matter. Correct. Okay, there's something to remember. There's a tremendous distinction between the sentiment of that phrase and the reality of that phrase. What do you no mean? one, no one can be indicted for understanding the sentiment mm-hmm. of course black lives matter that we, right. we've said that repeatedly that that's the sentiment the reality is the movement has been hijacked from the sentiment and i should yeah. add one more thing uh not bringing in politics and also by dishonoring our flag and veterans who sacrificed by kneeling during opening day that because they're both veterans that was another part of this that i forgot to mention yeah, but I'm including professional sports in the institutions that are uh, yep. diminishing themselves. And again, not because it's not, I'm going to use the word appropriate as an example of where, how it's properly used, so yep. I don't need to be, I should, yeah, you got to foghorn it, even though I'm using it correctly. Got it, you're setting up the loss, Sid, go ahead. It, it's, it's, appro- <laughs> it's appropriate <laughs> to understand and endorse the sentiment. That's important. Mm-hmm. What's where it breaks down is continuing to not understand the distinction between the sentiment and the reality of what's become of the group. There's a, a Black Lives Matter organizer in New York City who calls Americans terrorists. We're a terrorist country, sure. and we have every right to loot and take what we need. That's the same thing in Chicago. Okay, that's a yeah. that yeah, that's a sentiment I'm not going to agree with, obviously. And it was backed up perfectly by the video we played yesterday from the candidate out of Baltimore, Kim Klasik, yeah. who says, I do care about black lives and Democrats don't. I'm going to read you something about reparations, because uh, thank God this GLer did it, because I can't do the math. Hi, Joe. I know math is not your strong suit, to say the least, but I had a thought and got curious as to what percentage of the population might potentially be considered responsible for reparations. I decided to look it up. Here's what I found. Perhaps another savvy listener can verify or debunk my math. During the Civil War, the population was as follows. The Union, 18.5 million people. The Confederacy, 5.5 million people. 3.5 million people were enslaved. Border states, 2.5 million people, 500,000 enslaved. Total anti-slave population, 19.75 million. Total pro-slave, 6.75 million. Total slaves, 4 million. This means that 74.52% of free Americans were anti-slave during the war. U.S. population today... 331.27 million, 65% white, 215.33 million, 12% black, 39.75 million. Assuming the same 74.52% of anti-slave Americans gave birth equal to the 25.48% of pro-slave state Americans, this means that a maximum of 12% of Americans are demanding reparations from white Americans that are 74.52% not guilty by association. 
This assuming that 100% of black Americans are on board with reparations is not, and does not factor in immigration, which would drastically lower those uh, guilt by, guilty by association. Pushing back Matt. Huh? I, I don't know what he just said, but I, I like it. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What? I, uh, I, I, hey, run that by me again. Well, no, let me no, tell you this. No. That really hurt my brain. No, no. <laughs> well... That's what Stan, uh, that's what Ollie would ask Stan occasionally. What's Run that? Run that by me again. <laughs> well, if well. you take these cards and put them over here. Uh, Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Volkswagens, Alfa Romeos, Fiat, family-owned dealership, multi-generational. I've been shopping there for years. It's on the southeast corner of Highway 61 and 61 in Maplewood. I truly love this dealership. I love these marks. Marks. VW, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. 0% interest right now for 72 months with 120-day payment deferral for Volkswagen vehicles 2019 and 2020, including the new flagship, the Atlas Cross Sport. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. So here's what you do to organize or arrange your own personalized sales appointment. Go to each of the websites, uh, depending what you're interest, interested in. <coughs> SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Do your homework and your measurements. Isn't it safe for your family? Is this what you're after? Two or three rows of seating. Can I get the dog in there? All of that is available on the websites. Then you call Schmelz for your own personalized sales appointment. 651 651- Two four three four three one six Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. What does dedication, perseverance, resilience, and accomplishment best describe today? We think that would be the graduating classes of 2020. What we are most proud of for these graduates is their ability to overcome challenges and their pursuit of future opportunities. True to their perseverance and resiliency, these students found new ways to celebrate this milestone this spring. It puts a smile on all of our faces as we drive through those communities and still see hundreds of yard signs supporting these young people. These graduating students deserve the spotlight for they are Minnesota's future. Please join the Canopy Group in honoring your friends, relatives, and neighbors who represent the graduating classes of 2020. Play is so awesome. Yes, oh, I love is. him. <laughs> Old TK. Yeah. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. GLers, when the mayor gets all worked up about the grand old game, you know what I want to do? I want to drive over to his house. I want to pour him a nice, tall glass of bourbon whiskey from Harmony Spirits, maybe maybe a couple cubes, and say, let's just chill out a little bit here, Mr. Mayor. Can I interrupt your ad Please. for Sushere last night, 9.06 p.m.? This not having one is overrated, especially when a guy is throwing a no-hitter. I know. I was going teetotal, and I'm thinking, this is overrated. Right. Harmony Spirits are an official proud supporter of Garage Logic, and you can sign up to enter a chance to win one of Harmony Spirits' bottles of your choice. They are going to select winners every single month throughout the rest of the year. All you need to do is sign up for their newsletter each month. Either go to their Twitter account at Harmony Spirits on Twitter, or go to their website, HarmonySpirits.net, and subscribe. It's just that easy. By the way, I was down there last week. That is a beautiful tasting room right in the heart of Harmony, Minnesota. They got all the handcrafted spirits you need, the rum, the bourbon whiskey, which is my personal favorite, vodka, regular whiskey, and gin. Fantastic handcrafted spirits made right here in Harmony, Minnesota. But do us a favor. Go to your local liquor store and ask for Harmony Spirits by name. That's going to help them spread their brand and get into the hearts of more GLers. HarmonySpirits.net and at Harmony Spirits on Twitter, Mr. Mayor. There's an 18-year-old Minnesota woman who has made all of the local and state news sites. And I think we owe her a prayer. Uh just for reinforcing our hope in human nature. An 18-year-old woman drowned Monday Ooh. 
After reportedly pulling oh. children from turbulent waters near a dam in central Minnesota, the I Clearwater County Sheriff's Office says the drowning happened around 3.45 p.m. in Clearwater Lake. Witnesses report that a group of children were swimming and they began to struggle in the rough waters near the dam, which had swelled due to recent rains. The 18-year-old later identified as Raina Lynn Neelan. Children, all of whom were her relatives, from the water before and under herself. One of the children, an eight-year-old girl, was initially unresponsive when first responders arrived at the scene, but bystanders were able to resuscitate her. Witnesses said Neelan was submerged for about 10 minutes. Oh. A medical helicopter was ready to take her to the hospital, but paramedics were not able to rescue her. Uh, I GoFundMe page has been set up to assist Neelan's family with her funeral expenses. Her name is N-E-E-L-A-N-D. Raina, R-A-I-N-A, Lynn, L-Y-N-N. N-E-E-L-A-N-D, and uh, thank you, young lady. Uh, you, uh, even at your tender age, you have become a great living American. Mm. She didn't go to the bank and get her cell phone and take pictures of struggling kids. She didn't run away. She, didn't, she did not shirk her duties. I will uh, also link well, this uh, GoFundMe page for people if they'd like to contribute. Oh, my uh, goodness. I mean, based on what I know of the story, Ooh, and it's, it's not much, uh, God bless her. She didn't yeah. abandon anybody. True hero. Yep. I really, uh, really appreciate that story. Uh, honest to God, she's, I can't appreciate the fact that she's no longer with us, but I certainly appreciate the that's, story. Uh, that's diving on a grenade type of heroism. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Well, they're out there. They just don't get enough attention, just like successful black people don't get enough attention. Remember, news gathering has become an assembly of the hysterics. News gathering sells hysteria. It doesn't sell anything except hysteria. And uh, to read about an 18-year-old who uh, uh, saving, I suppose, her cousins or maybe her siblings or whatever, uh, that's just a, a tremendous act of heroism on her part. And you know what? I, I guarantee it never, probably never occurred her, to her to do otherwise. I hope mm -hmm. you're right. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. Meanwhile, closer to the country's tallest buildings, I mean, can I keep with Raina Lynn uh, Neelan just for a moment? Of course. One of the most disturbing stories I remember we had on the radio was years ago in Florida where a group of this. teens yep. watched a guy drown. And they took They video. watched him and took video of it. Yep, I remember that story. And this woman, of course, is the opposite of that. That might have been, if, if memory serves me, Joe, I think that might have been your... One of your first, this is the absolute decline of moral and ethical integrity. If it wasn't, it sure was ground zero for it. How do you do that? How, how, how do you not? They were feral youth there? who had no moral and ethical grounding. They were feral youth who had no, no investment in their true humanity. Oh, and, uh, I'd like to think I would rush out and save somebody I hate. Just or how about find, at the very least, go find a big limb. Do something. Yeah, don't just stand there. Oh, yeah. And I believe the guy, if I'm not mistaken, was disabled. Did that ring a bell, Reavers? I, I don't remember that part of it. You might be right, but that part isn't true. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What are you doing to me? I'm alerting you Ugh. to what's happening. Teens, watch. Man. Oh, you're going to look it up? Yeah. Oh, by the way, as long as you're looking that up, I'm going to uh, relay this to you. This is from Bill on Twitter. Hey, Joe and crew. Curry, Minnesota still very much does exist. There's even still a post office down there, too. This is from Bill on Twitter. So I uh, I, I have more coming up on oh, that today. Oh, okay. Very good. This was July. Boy, it isn't even that long ago. July 2018. Uh, we were still on radio. Five teenagers who taunted a drowning man as they recorded his death in Florida will not face charges because by law they were not required to help. In a video recorded last July, which would have meant 2017, the teens, ages 14 to 19, laughed as Jamel Dunn, 31, struggled to stay afloat in a pond near his family's home in Cocoa, Florida said. The teens taunted the man that he was going to die and said they were not going to help him. 
Instead, the teens chuckled as they recorded the victim's final moments and posted the video on YouTube. During a subsequent interview, the teens admitted they were smoking weed, police said. The Cocoa Police Department had recommended to the state attorney's office that the group face charges of failure to report a death, but last week the state attorney's office announced that the group will not be criminally prosecuted. As previously acknowledged by the Cocoa Police Department in this office, there is no Florida law that requires a person to provide emergency assistance under the facts of this case, said Todd Brown, a spokesman for the Office of the State Attorney. A law intended to address this type of situation was proposed during this year's legislative session but failed to uh, receive sufficient support to pass. Uh, well, the law would not have made any difference to these young no, people. No. It's just, uh, it's, it's not a law that's required for that. It's, it's the human instinct to be helpful. And these teens apparently had the kind of upbringing where they were never given that chance to learn that. I can find no other explanation to account for such abhorrent behavior. The same kind of people that rob and beat disabled people and old people yeah. and the affirmed and laugh and knock them out and let them lay there. And uh, same kind of people that pur purport to act on behalf of the BLM movement and uh, beat people up violently. Well, thank have, God that Raina had that kind of guidance growing up, and she but, didn't. But, yeah, yeah. Here, here we have a case for a Minnesota kid, 18 years old, uh, sacrificed her own life to save younger kids, so God bless her. Worried residents sue Minneapolis leaders over the crime spike. Hmm. <laughs> The state's largest city faces a lawsuit for a crime spike amid calls to, re, uh, to replace the police department. Uh, two separate shootings Tuesday morning pushed the number of killings in Minneapolis to 49. That's one more death than in all of last year. Every single night on any block in this neighborhood, you can hear gunshots every single freaking night, Kathy Spann said. A crime wave has hit the streets of Minneapolis, and people who call the north side home say it's disproportionately affecting their neighborhoods. We're a community that is riddled with crime, and we are under siege, Kathy Spann said. Minneapolis is 20 homicides ahead of where it was at this time last year. We knew that this was going to be a disaster when we heard the unconsulted announcement made, Don Samuel said, referring to the defunding. Northsiders believe the city council's plan to defund police is the root cause of the spike in crime. You cannot disband and dismantle police departments and leave communities such as us where we face the worst disparities in the nation. You can't leave us with nothing, Spann said. Kathy Spann is one of eight Northside residents to file a lawsuit against Minneapolis, claiming the city council has made Minneapolis a more dangerous place to live, especially for people in higher crime areas. That's exactly what the city council has done. The lawsuit says that you are in violation of the charter by your defunding the police department. You have gone below per capita the number of officers that are required according to the law, and the charter is the law of the city of Minneapolis. It's our constitution, Span said. The lawsuit says the number of officers per capita required in the city charter is 743. It claims talks of defunding is causing officers to retire, quit, take medical leave, and make disability claims in unprecedented numbers without replacement. We don't need any more problems. We certainly don't need them from our leaders. We've got enough problems. What we need from our leaders is support, wisdom, maturity, and consultation with us about decisions that affect us, Don Samuels said. He's a former uh, active political figure in Minneapolis. The lawsuit aims to force the city council and mayor to take action to secure citizen safety. The city attorney's office say it is reviewing the lawsuit. Well, what did you expect? And it just continues to astound me how relatively silent the city council of Minneapolis has been. Uh, have you heard them, anyone, decry this violence? No, 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 no. It's, yeah, uh, it's you, all about systemic racism, Joe. We're, we're uh, just, just us people living here that yeah. are, you know, being affected by And we it. almost uh, increased that total last night. You heard what happened, was it Broadway and Knox, I believe I read, Kenny? Uh, we had a couple of uh, young men, three of them, by the way, that uh, fired multiple shots at a gas station uh, hmm. and drove off. So, um, yeah. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Talk to me, Brock. Uh, took the old British triumph to my buddy uh, who has a gas station in St. Paul to have the wheels balanced. Because, hell, at 50 years old, you almost hopped out of the car. It was shaking so bad. <laughs> 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 and, and when I got it, uh, 
delivered. Down. <laughs> when I got it delivered in January, it had new tires on it, and the uh, and the question of those tires having been balanced, those wheels having been balanced, was up in the air, and I could tell they needed balancing. So, uh, in any event, I arranged uh, to take it there yesterday after the show, and the whole time I was there, there was one of these large tanker trucks filling the uh, underground filling, tank, filling yeah. the underground tanks, right. and I I was sweating. Bullets, you, you get nervous when that happens. It's one of my neuroses that I don't want to be anywhere near a gas station when the guy's filling the tanks. Not only was the guy filling the tanks so mellow, he sat under the fuel truck with his back against one of the wheels eating a cup of yogurt. Huh. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, help me. Well, he has to be within a certain number of feet, correct? I guess. And I yeah. and then I walked around the gas station while they were doing the work on my tires, and I was trying to think, where could I possibly survive the blast? <laughs> About three blocks away. <laughs> I'd have to be a mile away. <laughs> oh, I don't know what made me think of that. What made me think of that? Oh, uh, you're I, I talking, talking about sorts. shooting into a gas station. Yeah, I mentioned gas station. They take yeah. all sorts of extra steps to make sure everything's grounded so static oh, yeah. electricity yeah. Isn't, isn't an but issue. But you were, you were talking about the crime in, in Minneapolis. I was talking to a guy the other day. Uh, he was getting a delivery. Of uh, of alcoholic beverages about one thirty in the afternoon on a Monday or Tuesday and was robbed at knife point and it was never reported. <laughs> Where was this? Uh the South Minneapolis area. Yep. <laughs> he was got his two wheeler, he's he's wheeling it in and he was held up at knife point. Jeez. What do you mean the it was delivery? never reported? Well I get the delivery guy? Yeah, the delivery guy. Uh cops never came. Cops never, they called and, uh, and and cops never came. Kids took off. Yep. So there you go. There's Minneapolis in a nutshell for you, folks. Was this? Uh, this was recently, within the last two or three weeks. Two, but this two is weeks. elevated. Oh, I wasn't going to name the storm. Well, why? It's not their fault. That's true. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was their. They're storm. doing the Lord's work. Yes, they are. I. Uh, I. I had to stop by your house yesterday afternoon when you were gone, and I was really hoping the CP didn't come out to uh, greet me because now uh, I, I don't conceal and carry anymore. You just carry. I just, I just do the Texas cowboy thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she would have been cool with that. Do you did have you get, to? Did you get all the stuff I left for you? Yeah, thank you very yeah, much, yeah, by the yeah. way, Joe. I got Kenny some old uh, trailer hitches and balls. And by old, he means brand new. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have a scratch on them. Well, they're, they're just, it's not conceivable that they'll ever be needed here again. The boat is gone. Yeah, guys like me, we can't have too much of that stuff laying around. Until you right, get the so. call that says, come get this thing. Uh, no, that's, that's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a codicil in the uh, agreement that uh, yes. uh, no, no give backs. Ah. Uh, Kenny, conceal and carry. Are you supposed to conceal? Is that no, no? This state, it's just a carry law. Got you. Okay. And, and I always, I have, uh, up until you know the last week or so, I've always concealed because I'm not one of those that want to attract attention to myself. Sure. sure. Do all that, but you know, uh, I did a bank run and a few other things, and no neighborhood is safe nope. anymore. No. Nope. Well, that's true. Now we mentioned Curry, Minnesota, only because. Uh, Curry, Minnesota was where my great-grandfather was the postmaster. And I was wondering, does it still exist? And I've got a couple of emails about that, including one from John Buck, who writes, Curry, Minnesota still exists. It is located in Murray County and has a population of 218 residents. Nice. And, of course, of course, Kelsey, he has to weigh in. Sure. Because he broke it down. You ready? Yep. Sushere mentioned that his great-grandfather was the postmaster in Curry, Minnesota. Does he realize that Curry is in Murray County, just 16 miles from Fulda? Whoa. For all we know, the postmaster at some point made a, quote, special delivery, unquote, to a female in the Royce family. Maybe Joe and Pat are actually blood relatives. I know that Pat was told that he was adopted, but maybe that was just a story concocted by the family to cover up the scandal of indiscretion with Joe's relative. Slayton is midway between those two communities, and perhaps that was where those star-crossed lovers met for their unholy tryst. That would explain why the Royces... That would explain why the Royces have referred to that community as hated Slayton ever since. I think Kelsey's on to something. That's brilliant. Yeah, but that would flick your ear, you little brat. Yeah, but that would make Pat about 140 years old, wouldn't it? 
I mean, uh, you know, this was the great-grandfather. I never knew a grandfather, much less a great-grandfather. On either side of the family, I never knew a grandfather. We were shooting pheasants out of the car window, yes, yeah. sir. Yes. You didn't have a grandpa? Nope. Oh, well, that explains a lot about you. No wonder you pierced the side of the caulking tube. <laughs> you goober. <laughs> no, but what, Kenny. Grandpa Kenny. wasn't in the back of your brain talking to you like he is for the rest <laughs> of us. Kenny, Kenny. No, no, what made that such folly is that I've pierced a million caulking tubes well, in my so life correctly. Say. So say you. No, I, I might as well have gone to the gas station and filled up the back seat of the car with gas. <laughs> Ignoring the fuel door. My I had a momentary lapse my, of reason. Both of my grandpas are in my head all the time. Oh, God, oh, I never goodness. even... No, you but. would have been the uh, the gal that uh, that was narrated by Caliendo as Summer All on Madden when she kept yeah. driving to different sides of the, of the gas pump. Yeah. I don't think uh, my grandfathers made it past the 1930s. My- well, they were probably hard workers. That's why life mm-hmm. just, you know, killed them. Yep. Well, that and, uh, well, who knows? I have no idea. Hell, I have no I, my idea. great-grandpa died digging a rock out of a field. That's how stubborn he was. Yeah. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. I hear they announced uh, that it's hot in Death Valley. I wonder where the record was recorded. <laughs> Maybe around the dry mountain area just north of Tea Kettle Junction? Or maybe at the ranger station in Stovepipe Wells? Could it have been down by the charcoal kilns? Or further east near Funeral Peak? <laughs> Perhaps it was by the Devil's Cornfield. Of course not, Joe. The temperature was recorded at Furnace Creek. It's bleeping hot in, De- in Death Valley. Stay tuned for the most recent record cold temperature coming from Antarctica. Good luck, Jesse. Of course it's hot. Why do you think it's called Death Valley? They had all, the, those, uh, all those names just reek of doom, don't they? Well, that's his point, yeah. What do you think they're named that way for? It's hot there. ABC News, was. Uh, they had a field reporter that uh, happened upon, a must have been a forest or a female forest ranger, and she pulls down her mask and she goes, yeah, it's really hot. Yep. It's, you know, it's Arizona or whatever. It was really funny. Her reaction was priceless. Where is Death Valley? Is it in Arizona? It's out there. It's, you, know, so you, can, you can get it. It's in the, yeah. For God's sakes, isn't it California? I thought it was Arizona. Uh, I, I, uh, this, this was a This bad, is where we uh, get in trouble. Can, can we stop tape and back up? Right. <laughs> Death Valley. Uh, Death yeah. Valley is a desert valley in eastern California in the northern Mojave Desert, bordered by the Great Basin Desert. It is one of the hottest places on Earth, along with deserts in the Middle East and the Sahara. I was right. It's in well, California. Well, uh, change in the scan bucket for the two of us. Dang it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's very closely, and it's right next to Arizona. I, uh, when I ride my scooter on hot days, it's a really cooling experience. It just, it's like, it's like an air conditioner is riding along with me. When I'm on the I scooter. I saw that thing yesterday, Such, and I yeah. just happened to have a motorcycle ramp in the back of my truck. <laughs> you almost took it, huh? You still have that yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, that's a Yamaha S-Max. They're available at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, along with other smaller scooters that uh, are great urban transportation, turn every errand into an adventure, great for urban commuting, nimble, easy to park, fun, be careful, checkerboard your way uh, your way around town. Also, the wonderful Bintelli e-bikes. Kayla Bloom is an expert. That's Tim's daughter. She's an expert on the Bintelli e-bikes, often summoned to fly out of greater Minnesota to help people uh, in the rest of the world who are not smart as us understand uh, the workings of a Bintelli e-bike with their five different levels of electric assist, helmets, apparel, great youth recreational equipment, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, great service department, uh, really a fun place. EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61 because we own Highway 61. Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. EcoFun Motorsports. Great building sites in Sioux Falls are attracting national attention because Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. In Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. Plus, short commutes, safe streets, available land and buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax. 
see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. No matter what size your project is, Sioux Falls has available sites with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Never change, Joe. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's oh, Joe Suchere. makes me think of the fair. Yeah. Hey, Chris, are you up there? No, I'm over here. Keith, hey, Keith. I think they ran to Home Depot. Uh, okay, you mean Geo's, Fred Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. I don't know where they went, but they went to get something. It's time to adjust your uh, Kenny Construction card, GLers. The sink went in this morning, working perfectly, by the way, the water back on. Chris Miller, the owner of Aim High Construction, MN.com, his right-hand man, Keith, they're uh, installing a stainless steel vent hood. I thought they were doing it right now. They'll be back. They're going to slap in a screen door out front this afternoon. So that means new deck out back, new concrete, new railing in the front walk, brand new kitchen inside. Very, very impressive craftsmanship. I love it. Very convenient timing. Hell, that deck went in while I was gone. I came home to a brand new deck. It was awesome. And constant communication. That means the roommate and I were very happy customers. It sounds like you GLers have them booked out through the winter for certain projects. Now, don't go getting dejected. Uh, this is one of those companies that are worth the wait. Um, so, like, if you need a deck, that might have to wait. However, uh, it's it's worth the wait, by the way. But maybe you need siding, windows, a roof. That could happen pretty soon. No matter what you have in mind, log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com today. Get in touch with Chris uh, because aimhighconstructionmn.com, they are the solution. They'll work with that budget, help with design and offer financing. Get yourself on the schedule today. Get an estimate and then get ready to be happy. aimhighconstructionmn.com. Uh, Jordy, uh Offsite correspondent Jordy noticed the same story I did about Sherlane McRae, who is the wife of New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, has a $2 million staff of 14 people amid the New York City budget crisis. And uh, Jordy calls her a chip off the old Clinton grifter block. This is truly an amazing story that is yet another window through which we might gaze and see the political class living independently from the rules, regulations, and norms of the rest of us. There's no money for regular trash pickups or to maintain city parks, but Mayor Bill de Blasio's wife enjoys a 14-member staff, including a $70,000 videographer who captured her baking cookies during the pandemic. Oh, that's nice. Some of the Sherlane McRae staffers who cost city taxpayers new Nearly $2 million a year combined. Work for the First Lady's $1.25 billion mental health initiative, which has come under fire for its lack of metrics. Whatever happened to the money from Thrive New York City, asked City Councilman Eric Ulrich, Republican Queens. How much taxpayer money will the, wife's, will the mayor's wife pilfer before leaving office? How can she sleep at night hiring these hacks, knowing so many other city workers are facing layoffs this fall? This is a disgrace, Ulrich fumed. He's a Republican from Queens. McRae has a core team of eight staffers, according to a recent list provided the New York Post following a Freedom of Information Law request filed in October of 2019. This is despite the city facing layoffs of 22,000 municipal workers over the coronavirus-induced budget crisis. There's a $117,000-a-year speechwriter, even though McRae held that same position under former Mayor David Dinkins, and a $150,000-a-year senior advisor who was recruited in April after de Blasio announced a hiring freeze to help close a $7 billion deficit caused by the coronavirus. But she has at least six other city employees deputized to her office from other public agencies, as was first reported by the city. That makes a robust roster of 14 staffers double the amount she had in 2018. uh, Other members of the uh, staff... 
who participated in a team lunch in the Bronx in January 2019, according to McRae's public schedule, are a $143,000 a year public relations director, all from, also from the Department of Health, and a special assistant from the mayor's office who makes $115,000. Then there's the $130,000 executive program specialist from the Department of Social Services and the $65,000 associate director of advance to the first lady. Still, City Hall spokeswoman Chanel Carraway on Tuesday defended the McRae team, even as the mayor has said there's no money to pick up overflowing waste bins or maintain city's parks. In fact, said Carraway, New Yorkers should be thanking McRae's staff for their contributions. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much more I can take. Turn it wow. around on them. Wow. <laughs> the First Lady manages a robust portfolio portfolio and her team works tirelessly to carry out goals and priorities on issues like mental health and domestic violence that will improve the lives of new yorkers she said b as in b s as in s as the city navigates unprecedented challenges triggered by the covid19 crisis these public servants continue to show up every day to deliver solutions that reach into every neighborhood and family and we owe them a debt of gratitude caraway said b as in b s as in s Despite its ranks and generous salaries, the team hasn't posted an update to McRae's public schedule since last year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she is considering a run for Brooklyn Borough President during the mayor's last year in office. Fellow contender city councilman Antonio Reynoso slammed the spending. With over 22,000 layoffs of city workers looming, the mayor can't seriously expect to keep funding full-time, highly paid speechwriters and professional videographers for his wife's political ambitions. It's wrong and it's need to stop, Reynoso said. She's a, a black woman, by the way, and he's white. And you would think she would have more compassion uh, for the people on the streets who are out of work or they're homeless or uh, can't get their garbage picked up. But no, the political class lives on its own rail. No, 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 Joe, Joe, Joe. I was told by our own government we're all in this together. Oh, that's right. We're all in this we're, together. I mean, we're all in this together. God forbid Thanks. that Melvin Thanks Carter sees me. this story. Oh, God. Honest to God, it's such... It's such a shame. It's just such a shame that it's come to this. That the uh, I had an interesting email from a guy who was positing the theory that you know this political class could get very used to the idea of these of this virtual ruling and further isolating themselves, further insulating yep. themselves from ever having to deal with this. Just do everything by Zoom or yep. whatever. Yep. Uh, well, and, what's her name? Did it yesterday? Uh, Lisa Bender had had the Zoom deal with. Uh, with people, because the news was carrying it this morning. What was that topic? Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Was it bike paths? Uh, no, it, uh, I think it was very something serious, uh, like uh, plastic bags. Oh, God, these people. <laughs> they live in their own world, and they have nothing to do with us. I wish the voters in District 67A in St. Paul would enlighten themselves about what they're facing. And just don't blindly vote for John Thompson, who oh, revealed himself to be a, a, a not a worthy candidate. Although, again, I can't say anything about the opponent, John Strominger, because I don't know anything about him, because he apparently is throwing away this opportunity. The one chance a Republican might have, he's wasting it. Just wasting it. As I listened to you, Joe, as I listened to you uh, bring up the senseless murder of the young boy, I did the Google. To, uh, that would be Cannon Hinton. Hinton, no. Hinnant. Cannon. Cannon. Hinnant. Cannon Hinnant. I did the Google search to find there had been a GoFundMe page set up by Gwen Hinnant, the grandmother, with a goal of $5,000 to cover funeral expenses. Nice to see the goal had been exceeded by almost $800,000 and still going up. Wow. Keep pushing Good. back, Bob. And this email... It won't ease the grief, but it will certainly help. Joe, you mentioned we should remember Canon Hinnant. You don't have to go to North Carolina for stuff to remember. Remember Cody Holt, a white police officer in Grand Forks, North Dakota, killed by Saloma Pendleton, a black man, May 27, 2020. Pendleton is alive and facing charges. Number two, Landon, a five-year-old white boy thrown off the balcony at the Mall of America by yep. Emmanuel Aranda, a 25-year-old black man in April, 2019, uh, in April 2019. In June 2019, Aranda was sentenced to 19 years in prison. Okay, 
I don't like playing that game, though. It doesn't get us anywhere. Well, but the, the Mall of America story did get a ton of coverage. Right. But it's a what-if game. Well, what if this guy did right, that? Right. And that yeah, yeah, the what-if game gets us nowhere. It gets you nowhere in society or in the cultural decline. It gets you nowhere. But it is interesting to note that uh, uh, Canon Hinnant uh, still has not received much attention, no. uh, certainly not at the DNC, which is also ignoring all the cities uh, controlled by the left that are burning. Did, did I see, by the way, that AOC still endorsed Bernie? Yeah, they gave That's... her 60 seconds and she used it to endorse Bernie. <laughs> That's a procedural thing that yeah. has to be done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, I don't understand. What do you mean it has to be done? Uh, because of the amount of votes that he received and the uh, run-up to it, it, it's long and complicated oh, okay. and not as outrageous as it seems. Okay, Plus, gotcha. everybody ignored her anyway, and, and Biden got the official nomination. True. Right. Uh, the when, st- when does Biden emerge? That that might be worth tuning into. When does he is give he his even, talk? November is he 4th. even still upright <laughs> and among us? Right. Yeah. Does he, he? His wife gave a talk last night. Uh, he's got to address the... Uh, the convention, I would imagine, Thursday or Friday night, because well, Obama's to take tonight. Him out of the box and take the ball gag out and shove a microphone oh in his God. face. How about Clinton and Trump arguing with each other? Two impeached presidents. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of rowdy hounds. Is he going to address the allegations? By the way, no, of course not. Okay. No. What I'm Clinton? Surpri- yeah, I'm surprised that that's what. Li- what are the latest oh, allegations? The Jeffrey fast, Epstein stuff? Yes, yeah, yeah. Fast friends with Epstein and yeah. parties. Et but it's just going to go away, isn't it? It's never going to get the attention, much like Cannon Hinnant. Uh, well, there's got to be a trial for Giselle. What's her name? Maxwell. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't there? I, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. You're the God. Expert. He sounds. He just sounds like he was such an evil human being. Yes. Same with her. Just yes. evil. Yes. How do you get that? Ri- when do you have time to amass billions of dollars and be that evil? I don't know. Dr. Evil. Uh, uh, you know, the, the story I was referring to, by the way, it was a Fox 9 because I was watching Fox 9 this morning. It was a Maury Glover piece on what you referenced earlier, the South Uptown residents holding a virtual meeting addressing the crime uptick. This is Lisa Bender. That's the one I was referring uptick. to. Stop using that word. The word uptick, uptick has to be foghorned from right you know from what? here on up. You're right. It does. It uh, has to be. This isn't an uptick. This is a catastrophe. This is a straight-up war. You know, the one thing that we haven't addressed about Cannon, that the shooter, much like the guy that tossed the kid off the balcony, don't don't you think, and hasn't it occurred to you, I know it certainly has me, that this shooter has got to be insane, doesn't he? Of course. Of course it's occurred to me. Of course it's occurred to me. Uh, I'm waiting to read that, in in fact. Uh, Yeah. If you can find a piece to read about. Well, that's a good point, but the papers down there will cover it, I think. You just got to be you just got to really search to get your news. Well, the Daily stage. Mail covered it, I know. Well, they cover everything. Yeah. Spencer Grunhofer covers everything. Covers every dining need you'll ever had indoors or outdoors. Grilling capital of the world, Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in Hugo. Right on the north end of uh, Hugo on Highway 61, they're adding on 2,500 additional square feet to make more of the great products that GLs have, GLers have grown to love. More meatloaf, more brats, more steaks, more skewers, more cheeses, more spices, more hams, more thick-cut bacon. I could go on and on. Burgers, sliders, really, really the uh, meat emporium of all of Gumption County, if not all of the United States of America, if not all the world, when people figure out how they can get this stuff through a relative or something. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just fantastic. It's uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Hugo being in the news a lot lately. Grunhofer's has been there a long time, right there on the east side of Highway 61, just at the north end of the town of Hugo, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. I have to share a quick email with you uh, to, to crew from Brian. All right, I've, you've already got me sold on Grunhofer's. Reavers, don't BS me. Do you really love your smoke fire grill from Weber? I got some questions. Have you had any issues? When are you grilling it? How strong is the smoky flavor? Thinking about getting one. Love the show. Thanks, Brian. Put him in touch with Fret. He's getting one. We sold him on Grunhoffers. Now he's got the smoke fire from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. Boom, he's taken care of. Well, won't he have fun? Oh, the smoky flavor. Mm, 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 mm. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. And our friend Tom Lyman, it's on this date in Minnesota history, August 19th. In 1863, 
on August 19th. Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin, yes. inventor of the airships that would be used to bomb London in World War I, enjoys a more conventional balloon ascension in St. Paul. I didn't know that. And in 1957, on this day, the Air Force launched the ultra-high-level balloon Man-High-2 in Crosby, Minnesota. Pilot David Simons reaches a record 101,516 feet, that's almost 21 miles, before setting down in Elm Lake, South Dakota. The flight took 32 hours and 10 minutes, but Simons occupies the balloon's capsule from pre-launch to landing for 44 hours, a period longer than Charles Lindbergh's solo flight across the Atlantic. Mm-mm, mm-mm, wow. And looking mm-mm. at this day in history, there's a lot of aviation-related stuff, including mm-hmm. 1871, Orville Wright, born. Yes, uh, Kenny, but... Uh that's not on this date. Minnesota history. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Minnesota. I understand that. Uh, but also, to bring us down to earth, Bill Clinton also having a birthday today. So. Oh, happy birthday, Bill. 1862 on this date. During the U.S.-Dakota War of 1862, the Dakota made their first attack on New Ulm, and Governor Alexander Ramsey appointed Harry, I'm sorry, Henry H. Sibley, General of the Minnesota Volunteers. Although Sibley had no military experience, Ramsey selected him because the settler colonists trusted him in a long history with the Dakota and their leaders. Uh, that did not end well uh, in the New Ulm area. No. Did it? no for anybody. For anybody on either side of the fence. Well, G. Ellers, uh, well, did, you want a, did you want another quick note on Fort Smith, Arkansas, as long as we're doing no, history notes? No, no, <laughs> Okay. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to uh, say farewell and uh, hope to put together a positive Thursday for tomorrow. And one more quick oh. mention about our friends at Chill Boys. I got a great email from uh, Andy Walls, and he says, no relation. Uh, he said, Reavers, the GL book should no longer be focused on only Gumption County. Gumption County is now the capital, and the whole country is listening to Garage Logic. Also, thank you so much for the recommendation of Chill Boys. My wife bought those for me. She did forget to mention GL when she ordered. Don't worry, I chastise her for you. But thank you, Andy, and thank you, Mrs. Andy, for your support of Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. All orders over $40 are fast and they're free in the United States. We're talking about the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. We've all made the switch here in Garage Logic. Look at their entire selection online right now, chillboys.com. Also, check them out on Twitter at chillboysbrand and unlike Mrs. Walls, Andy's wife, make sure you mention that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast, Mr. Patience. How you doing? Let's go here. Okay, I think he's ready. <laughs> Not only is he in a hurry to start, he's in a hurry to wrap it up. And Sioux Falls, South Dakota is the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Hey, we'll talk to you tomorrow, brah. Okay, bros. Okay, brah.